Get out those jingle bells, get those cookies in the oven and baking while you try to untangle the Christmas lights. Welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Haskin, and uh, you know it's getting to be Christmas time. Not quite for me as I'm recording this, but we're getting there. I have, uh, you know, my electric candle on, I have Christmas lights, I have my little flame light bulb thingy. Uh, It's very ambient in here as I'm recording this, trying to set as close of a mood as I possibly can uh, while I'm still quite a ways away from Christmas. However, I thought, you know, last year, I think it was, I did uh, a review of Blackmore's Night's Christmas album and Winter Carols, which I absolutely love. And, you know, actually, I listened to that all throughout the year. It's a fantastic album. And uh, I really enjoy it. I've made it tradition when I go get my annual Christmas ornament on Fremont Street, which is on the other side of the city from me. I uh, That's what I listen to on the road. And then I park and I go get my Christmas ornament, maybe stop at White Castle and devour those on the way back home. Uh, very cool. It, it's a great tradition. And Christmas or Winter Carols is a perfect album to do that. But I wanted to go a little bit further back. I'm feeling kind of nostalgic this year. And I thought... What is like really classic, traditional Christmas to me? And certainly, Bing freaking Crosby, it does not get more classic Christmas than this guy. I mean, for our generation, you know, whether you're a generation before me, a generation after me, regardless of where you are, um, you know, it, it's got to be Bing. And I think, uh, I didn't check, but I think White Christmas is still on Netflix. If not, they typically bring it back every year. Very classic Um really reminds me of my childhood and those Christmases. Uh, we would we would often have him playing on the, uh, the record player in the background of our annual Christmas get-together at my mom's parents' house, which we would do on Christmas Eve. Um, it was kind of a tradition. We would wait for my dad to get home from work because he always worked on Christmas Eve. He worked in retail. And uh, we would just do whatever. I had my rituals. I did a lot of uh, stretching once I got into martial arts. But I would always just like have my my Christmas lights on, which were usually uh, it was like a red string of Christmas lights. So it cast a certain glow in the room and I would be playing records. A lot of times um, the third Deep Purple album, be listening to like Bird is Flown and Chasing Shadows and songs like that. And um, Rainbow Rising is very much a Christmas album for me. Uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie, The Great White North has the, the wonderful version of 12 Days of Christmas. You know, and I would listen to all these things as we would gear up to go to um, to my grandparents' house for Christmas. So my dad would come home. Sometimes we would be stuck in the driveway and have to figure out, you know, how to get the car out. Um, you know, this is in Michigan. So between the ice and the mud and, and everything else that we had, it was kind of precarious sometimes. I remember one time we parked uh, on the curb in front of the house or on the, the street across the sidewalk in front of the house. We were stuck in the mud. One time we were in our driveway, we were stuck. We had to put some something, I think, underneath the tire to to get the traction to get the car moving forward. Um, one Thanksgiving, uh, I think... Something happened. I remember we had to meet had had to have somebody meet us at a gas station. I don't know if there was something wrong with the van or what, but that was like an extra hour before we got to Grandma's house for Thanksgiving. Um, and then you know we would have a, the big celebration there, and then we would come home. We would open like one present, and then go to bed and get up early. My brother and I would open up uh, whatever little treats were in our Christmas stockings. One year, I remember very specifically. Um, oh, and Still You Turn Me On by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. That's very much a Christmas song. Tarkus, um, which is now a summer album for me, is actually also kind of a Christmas album because I was really into it at the time. But like Carnival Nine, um, Still You Turn Me On, those are definitely more Christmassy songs from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Demons and Wizards by Uriah Heep, for sure. Uh, very much a Christmas album. 
and all all really great stuff. But anyway, so I remember one year we were really into collecting hockey stickers. They came out with these books and, uh, you know, they had a couple of pages for each team and you could collect them. And then there was the different trophies in the Stanley Cup. And then there was like all the um, like the all stars page and all like it was really cool. So we got a bunch of packs of um, hockey stickers one year. And uh, so we would open all that stuff up, just my brother and I, before we got our parents up to go open up all the gifts under the tree. They were always really um, very generous Christmases, I have to say. And I have a lot of good memories of those. When we moved to Colorado, um, we didn't really have a lot of money. So Christmas became a very simple, very simple thing. Um, I think the first year that we were there, all, all I got for Christmas and I don't mean this in a complaining way because it's not about the number of gifts or anything, was a notebook and some pencils. And you know what? That turned out to be an amazing Christmas because I just sat there and wrote and drew and created. And um, for me, that was actually kind of perfect. You know, I mean, when you're growing up, like you want all the toys, the JCPenney catalog would come out and you, you know, flip to the back section where all the toys are and you start circling everything. And then you go into that sort of interim section between uh, like the clothing and stuff you don't care about as a kid where they had like dartboards and all the, the like home sports stuff, like uh, tennis tables and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good time. And then uh, I remember one year, I think, I don't think it was the hockey sticker year. You know, they all kind of blend together after a while. But like when we were on Christmas vacation, every single time the movie Nine to Five and the movie The Incredible Shrinking Woman both starring Lily Tomlin were on, like we would just, we would have those on, we would watch them and maybe be doing some other things. But like every time those movies were on, we would have them on. I think that was the same year that the elephant man came onto cable. So that's kind of a winter Christmassy movie for me as well. Very touching movie for sure. Um, kind of hard to watch in a lot of ways and kind of inspiring in another, um, a lot, a lot going on in that movie. Maybe I'll do a show about that one of these days. Cause that's, that's a pretty impactful movie for me. Um, but yeah, Incredible Shrinky Woman 9 to 5, those were definitely uh, that that particular season for uh, for Christmas. I remember we had, um, I don't know if you guys know about like Make It and Bake It's and Shrinky Dink. So Make It and Bake It's were these, uh, I don't know if they were steel or iron or what they were, but they were like a metal frame of different shapes. And then you would take these plastic beads and fill in the spots on the frame. And then you would throw it in the oven and bake it. And it would sort of crystallize that, uh, the plastic and make it almost like kind of stained glass window. And then they would be like ornaments or whatever that you could hang on the tree. They came with a bunch of string. Um, but they also had other ones, like they weren't all holiday related, but they had some that were specifically designed to hang on the tree. And then there were these other ones that were like, they were kind of like shrinky dinks, but not, I don't think they were shrinky dinks. There was something else. But they were like translucent and thin plastic and you would take markers and draw on them and then bake them. Shrinky dinks were thicker. You know, those were like a thicker plastic thing that would actually change shape. These just really kind of baked the marker onto the plastic. And then those were ornaments you could hang on. And then we had like some ceramic ones that we made. Um, pretty cool. And we did like a lot of cookies this that year. I think that, again, I want to say that was the same year as the Incredible Shrinking Woman and 9 to 5. Um, lots of great memories of Christmas over the years. You know, as you get older, when, when, you know, you don't have your own family, it kind of peters off a little bit, but it's still a day that I enjoy. For me, it's a great working day because everyone else is busy with their families and things. So it's a great day for me to accomplish a lot, whether I'm in the studio or doing something different, but I still, um, I still keep my annual Christmas tradition since I've, uh, actually it started before I moved to Vegas. 
it just kind of happened um, when I was here for Christmas one year. I woke up very early, just could not sleep. And I just thought I'd go for a walk. And I ended up walking. Um, I was staying at Palace Station and I drove over to Treasure Island. Uh, there, there used to be a 24-hour restaurant. The restaurant is still there, but it's not 24 hours anymore. Um, but I, I would go there. I went there and I had breakfast. And then I just got a coffee because there was a Starbucks right outside Treasure Island. And I just walked all the way down the strip and back. And it was really early. Like I started my walk around like quarter to five in the morning. So it was dark and then it got light and it was cold and it was like so quiet and peaceful. And that was back when the Venetian had the huge Christmas tree outside and the whole strip was decorated. And I thought this is really cool. So once I moved here, I just decided to make that a tradition. I've done it almost every year, um, including last year. But it's changed now because with, uh, you know, after the pandemic, you can't get coffee before six in the morning. So that's really when I start, like I just go and I get the coffee and I do my walk and then I go eat afterwards. So I kind of have changed it around a little bit to take advantage of as much as that early morning time as I can. But it's nice and peaceful. I don't get out a whole lot when it's that quiet. So or that uh, early. So it's, you know, a really nice change of pace. And now I go to um, a restaurant at New York, New York, which is open 24 hours and they have a great breakfast, a great eggs Benedict. So that's kind of my new holiday tradition. Um, but I was, you know, just kind of feeling a little nostalgic, wanting a little bit of that uh, recapturing my childhood. I know that the new version of A Christmas Story is coming out this year, where the actor who played Ralphie is coming back as an adult, bringing his kids back to his house to try and recreate the kind of Christmas that he had as a child. Although the one that they showed us in the movie, I don't know that he'd want to recreate all that stuff, but you know, there's going to be shenanigans. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm curious how much they try to replicate. Uh, you know, John and I, when we did our episodes on Cobra Kai, we talked about that, like how much of it is just like a, a complete shot for shot remake of some of the things, whether it's certain lines that are being said or certain situations that are are replicated. I kind of wonder how much of that there's going to be like, is somebody going to stick their tongue to a flagpole and get stuck? Do they have to do that because they did that in the last movie? Or are they going to come up with something new because these are new kids having new adventures? I don't know. I hope it's not too exactly following the old one, you know, because this isn't a reboot. It's a new movie. It's a sequel. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they do it. I'll be curious to see it. I do love that movie. I do watch that on Christmas. I actually have a whole slew of Christmas movies. It's, uh, you know, Hallmark movies are really kind of ridiculous. They're very sappy. They're very uh, so predictable. I mean, it's the same storyline, just with different people in a different environment. Maybe they're on a farm. Maybe they're in California. Maybe they're in New York. Maybe they're in England, but they're all the same damn story. But, you know, I just, I enjoy the atmosphere of Christmas. Like I go to, to our mall. I don't know how much longer we're going to have that because malls are kind of going away, but I love going to our mall because they do a great job of decorating it for the holidays. Even last year they did. So post COVID, they're still doing that, which I like. Um, I just love the atmosphere, you know, and then over at uh, Town Square, which is over near our airport, um, they do like a really wonderful job of decorating that. It's an outdoor mall and um, it's just very nice. And they have like a little spot in the center where they have like a couple of fast food huts and a couple of coffee huts. There's a coffee bean and tea leaf there, but they have like a little ice skating pond that they put in and um, it's really cool. It, it feels a little bit more traditional. So you know, it's it's all that nostalgia and just wanting to every once in a while, just kind of wanting to tap into those memories and recreating it and, you know, spending time with people that aren't around anymore and, and kind of just 
enjoying those those times in my in my memory. I kind of wish that I had been had like one Christmas in Michigan when I was older and could have, you know, spent more time talking to people on more of an adult level than I did. Um, that would have been nice. But you know what? It didn't happen. So I have what I have. And I have some great memories of those times. But to help recreate some of that, I thought this year, man, Bing Crosby, he's the man. He is Christmas. I have no idea what he did outside of Christmas stuff. I'm sure he did a lot, but when that's all the stuff that I associate with him is is 100% Christmas related. So I have a couple of different albums that I'm pulling songs from. Uh, one is the 20th Century Master Christmas Collection, and the other one is just uh, Christmas Classics. So I'll be pulling from those two albums, and I just picked um, you know some select songs that are kind of my favorites and kind of traditional and uh, kind of just give you a taste of those old-fashioned Christmases. If you're enjoying this music, uh, of course, I'm going to recommend go out and buy it. Um, if you don't want to buy it, I'm sure there's Spotify playlists for Bing Crosby. Uh, there's got to be. But also, you know, check out White Christmas. Check out that movie. It is a fantastic movie. It will fill your heart with joy and the warmth of the holidays. And that being said, let's get into our first song. It's called It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Listening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door A pair of hop-along boots And a pistol that shoots As the wish of Barney and Ben Dolls that will talk and will go for a walk Is the hope of Janice and Jen And Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school Yes, yeah, so this is going to be primarily orchestral, but that real vintage sounding orchestra, you know, uh, something that you really don't hear today. Everything's so polished and, you know, the, the recording equipment is better. The engineers are better. The production is better. Everything sounds so crisp and clean, and perfect and well blended. And this is it just feels so much more raw in comparison to the way things are today. And I really like that. It just kind of adds to that. Like I'm sitting in front of the radio listening to this, you know. Um, the only thing that's missing is like just the little crackle of the the signal coming through the air. But uh, yeah, this is a great song. Um, I'm really not going to talk about the songs a whole lot because I don't, you know, I really don't have as much to say about them as I would a regular album review. I really just kind of wanted to dig in and share some of this music with you. I will say I do love the the feel of this, though. It just it just takes me back, you know. And and it's funny when you when you watch a movie like White Christmas or hear these songs blended in with other songs like they really do just they're like time machines they really just snatch you right out of today and take you back to when they were recorded and and I really like that feeling you know um we don't get a lot of snow here in Vegas in the seven and a half years I've lived here it snowed once and two days later it was like it never happened and I grew up in Michigan where we had a lot of snow lived in Colorado where we had a lot of snow and 
you know, ever since I left Colorado and moved to Arizona and then to California and to here, I have not had that. And I could go up to Mount Charleston where it does snow quite a bit, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm kind of a little bit too busy to take a whole day off or to go weekend off and go up there. But, uh, but I just love recreating the atmosphere at least. And with the, as chilly as the temperatures get here for, for us, because of what we're acclimated to temperature wise, it really does get cold. So, you know, we've got a lot going on to kind of bring that together, but this music more than anything will just take me back to when I was like probably four or five years old. And I remember, um, my grandparents got me a Mickey Mouse, uh, film set. And it had this, I think I talked about this last year, maybe it has this, um, you know, like, like there's a camera and then there's a, a light reflector, which is just this like big yellow thing on a piece of uh, plastic, yellow plastic post. And it had a bit of reflective paper on the top of it, you know, with a, a sticker stuck to the front. And I, I, I remember so vividly getting that. And then after we opened our presents, I, I wanted to hang out with the adults, but I wanted to play with my toys. So I just brought that to the table and was just playing with it. But it takes me right back to those moments when I hear this this music. It's, you know, we've talked on the show over the years about the power of nostalgia and the power of, of music and aromas and weather to just bring you right back to certain points in your life. And boy, Bing Crosby is one of those people that just does it. So that being said, let's get into the next song. The next song is Jingle Bells. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun to ride and sing in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a slaying song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells. You know, I don't know if that's the Andrews sisters singing or not. I think there's a very good chance it is. Uh, I'm not positive. I don't have any documentation. Uh, there was nothing concrete that I could find about this particular release that uh, told me who was on it. But I, I think there's a very good chance that's the Andrews sisters. If not, certainly someone who who sounds very similar. And, you know, thinking about like that, that, you know, those like World War II bands that would go out and perform for the troops and you had that kind of swing feel to them and um, really just just kind of captures that feeling, doesn't it? Um, very cool. This next song, I kind of debated whether I was going to cover it or not, because, it, you know, it's instead of it just being about the music, now it's a controversial song. But thinking about it in terms of the nostalgia of it, um, how it's performed, I think it really fits in. So I'm going to go ahead and throw a sample of it on here. Let's get into Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. weather outside is frightful but the fire is so delightful since we've no place to go let it snow let it snow let it snow shows no signs of stopping i brought some corn for popping lights have turned way down low 
Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow When we finally kiss goodnight How I'll hate going out in the storm But if you really hold me tight All the way home I'll be warm The fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye But as long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow I love that little trill there at the end. Um, I'm not sure what that's on. It doesn't sound like a flute. Um, maybe an oboe? Could be an oboe. Um, I love the drums, though. I love that it's just like a brush and a snare and a little bit of a hi-hat. You don't even hear the bass drum. Uh, there may not even be one being played at that point. But I, I just love the gentleness of it. You know, it's it's such a rare thing. You don't hear that a lot. And this kind of traditional swing kind of feel is, is something that, uh, you know, it, it just, I don't hear that much in the, in the little bit of music I hear these days. So it's really nice to go back to that. You know, my grandfather used to um, try and make me play the Benny Goodman records, which I didn't understand the style at the time. I was getting into rock and roll. I didn't understand jazz at all. Um, certainly not swing. You know, I, I didn't quite have the skill for that, but I, I, I wish I had at the time. I think I could have learned a lot from it. But in any case, um, yeah, this is another just classic song. I, I was just realizing, too, how far out front the vocals are from the music. It's like he's singing right next to you and the band is in the back of the room. It, it really is mixed very interesting. But that's, you know, that's how things were done back then. These were all to, to showcase the singer anyway. You had the music to enhance him. Yeah, you have to have that. But these were all really like all the focus was on the singer. So uh, different times, you know, we focus a lot more on the band as a whole now, although the singer does get more attention, but it's a little more balanced, I think. Um, you know, in the movie, I can't even remember if you see the band at all throughout the whole thing. I want to say there is a scene maybe at the end where you do, but I think, I, I honestly don't remember. I haven't seen it in a while. So I'm looking forward to watching it again this year. Every year it's on my list. And by the time I get to it, Christmas is over and I'm kind of like, I'm past it. You know, I to watch it now kind of feels too late. So I'm just going to make it a point to do that on Christmas Day this year. Maybe that's what I'll do when I get home from my walk. So our next song is called Silver Bells. Silver Bells Silver Bells It's Christmas time in the city Ring-a-ling Ring-a-ling Hear them ring Ting-a-ling Soon it will be Christmas Day City sidewalks Busy sidewalks Dressed in holiday style In the air There's a feeling of Christmas Children laughing People passing smile after smile and on every street corner you holy crap i never really like really listened to the song before and when they're singing the chorus it's so interesting when they choose to go up and when they choose to go down complete opposites of each other but her her performance is not bad because she's singing what she's supposed to sing, but I don't like what she's singing. Like I, she's, if she was singing without him, it would be very depressing because he's taking the upper part, but, but where she goes up and down. Wow. It's so weird. 
it would not hit like his lines would work fine if it was just him singing by himself, but her lines would not. Her lines really need his to support it. And of course, you know, if you look at what was going on in the world back then, you know, women couldn't do anything without a man except clean the house and have babies. So I guess it kind of fits the the, the time. Um, stupidest thing ever. But yeah, wow, that's so weird. I never noticed that before. I remember another version of this um, that was on Saturday Night Live where Steve Martin was doing the song and he would you know, kind of like he would do the chorus and then he would come in and talk about his fondness for, I think it was Roseanne Arquette at the time. And I don't know if that was before or after uh, Rosanna came out by Toto, but she was certainly very popular in the 80s. And um, I don't remember much about that. I haven't seen that in years, but I, that's another version of this that I remember. But it's a, it's a really beautiful song. Um, I'm just I'm just so kind of dumbfounded by the the vocal style choice for her. Um, very interesting. So we'll see if that resolves somewhere. But but where they're singing here is really nice. You know, like I, I like that. But boy, that chorus really throws me off a little bit. Very interesting. Um, and then we're going to go upbeat a little bit more with the next one because Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Why? Santa Claus is coming to town, gather round. He's making a list, checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. With little tin horns, little toy drums, rooty toot toots and rum-a-tum-tums, Santa Claus is coming to town. Rudy Toot. Oh, Jesus. You know, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I just can't stand in a song. But, you know, it was the time I have to put in perspective of when this happened. It's not like this is a new song that's just coming out and they're still saying those shit lyrics. Uh, the rest of it's really cool. Like, I love the atmosphere of it. Um, it, it just, you know, it, it really is like, hey, gear up. Let's go. Like, we got cookies to make. We got presents to wrap after we go shopping, all these things. And um, yeah, really cool. I actually watched a video. So growing up in Michigan, where we were at, we were very close to the Macomb Mall. And so every year, my mom would take each uh, of my brother and I shopping at the Macomb Mall. One afternoon, we would stop at a restaurant called Orleans and get a burger and a malt, like an actual malt, instead of a milkshake. And we would just go around the mall and and do some Christmas shopping. And um, this definitely kind of reminds me of that, you know, just like this is the kind of stuff that they would play at the mall at the time in Christmas at Christmas time. But I just recently saw a drone video of uh, the Macomb Mall and how different it is now. And wow. I mean, now they had remodeled it before we moved. Um, so it, it did look a lot more modern than when I was very early growing up. 
but boy, does it look different now. Um, it's crazy. Like malls are such a crazy thing now because so many of them are gone or empty or there's only like a handful of stores left in some of them. I think for me, when JCPenney started moving out of the mall, that was like, wow, everything's going to change now. And that's kind of when it started, really. They were just the staple of a mall. And I just found out recently that um, one of the malls, that another mall that we went to in Michigan, it was a little further away, it was the Oakland Mall, is set up for demolition, which, wow, that's crazy. That was a huge mall. Um, or was it Lakeside? No, I think it was Lakeside, Lakeside Mall. And that was that was another go-to for us. Like we, It was further away, so we didn't go there a whole lot, but it was like a big mall. At one point, they had a, a, like a full-size hockey rink, and then they changed that, and they turned it into a pool with water slides. And then at one point, it was a roller skating rink. I mean, that mall was crazy. And then... You know, that's the end of that. I remember at the Macomb Mall too one year, and I really wanted one of these so bad just because of the novelty of it, not for really any other reason. But they had a lamp store and some of the lamps had, you know, they were like, they look like plants. And to turn the lamp on and off, you would touch the leaves instead of a light switch. So as a kid, I was fascinated by that concept. Then that store went out of business and a place called the Popcorn Palace moved in with like all these different flavors of popcorn and popcorn balls. It was absolutely insane, uh, but cool stuff. But yeah, that was one of those things that I was like, wow, this is so cool as a kid. And you just want everything that's cool, whether it has any utility or function in your life or something you're going to play with or get joy out of. You're like, okay, I'm going to turn this on and turn this off. That's going to be my joy. And I already have a lamp. So, you know, it's just one of those things, even early on, I was fascinated by gadgetry and that has not stopped. Let me tell you. So I'm going to go now to one of like the the essential upbeat Christmas song um, to me anyway, and it is called Winter Wonderland. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird Here to stay is a new bird He sings a love song as we go along Walking in a winter wonderland In the meadow we can build a snowman And pretend that he is Parson Brown He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no, man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. What are they going to conspire about? That's what I'm wondering. You know, what else I'm not wondering is who his backup singers are, because I found it. It is the Andrews sisters. I was right. Um, definitely had that feel, you know, for sure. They were really good at that, that kind of swing stuff. I, I'm, for some reason, I mean, even in the Christmas stuff, I'm just picturing them in that olive drab military uniform with those, uh, you know, hats that they used to wear. Um, I think they had to pin it to their hair to keep them from, from moving off while they moved around as, as they were singing. But yeah, I, I just immediately uh, thought that was them. And, and sure enough, it is. So very cool. Well done, Andrew's sisters. Take that. Um, yeah, another cool song. You know, this is uh, another one where like when I'm out, 
if it's really cold and I'm somewhere where it's decorated, like say Town Square uh, for us here in Vegas, and I'm just kind of walking around that, like this song will definitely uh, get in my head because that is the feeling that I get. Like it's as close to winter as, as we get over there. And uh, so that, that song really kind of rings as true as it can for us in that area. Um, this next song, okay, so we would go over to my grandparents on Christmas Eve, my mom's parents, and we would have our, our big Christmas dinner. And then uh, we would uh, go upstairs. So the, everything was on the main floor, except for like in the basement, that's where we opened gifts. And that's where we had like the big dinner spread because there wasn't enough room at the main table up, upstairs to uh, to have a meal. So we would do it downstairs where we had like a couple tables pushed together. And um, the whole area surrounding was like tray tables and stuff with different kind of foods and whatever. Um, so we would eat and then we would go upstairs and we would sing carols and then we would go downstairs and open up the presents and stuff. And then we would hang out and the adults would talk and have a drink or, you know, whatever. And like we would play with our toys. One year, my brother and I put on a little concert. I had my snare drum with a kitchen towel over it to kind of deaden the the noise a little bit. And he had his guitar and we did some Christmas songs. Um, that was a lot of fun. In fact, I think I think all I had was my red sparkle snare at the time. It was a Ludwig snare. Didn't even have a bottom head, so there was no strainer on it, and uh, we didn't tape it. I don't. I, if if we taped it, I don't think I have that. But uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, we we just played some Christmas songs. Um, Little Drummer Boy was probably the best one for me, of course, because it had it featured me. Um, but anyway, so we would go upstairs and sing uh, Christmas carols. And one year we did open. I think we one year we waited until after, or or maybe they just gave me this gift ahead of time, but they got me a zither which is like picture a tiny sideways harp. It's just a bunch of, um, you know, strings on a piece of wood and they're, they're strung tight like a guitar. They're, they're wound completely differently, but they're, you know, they're tight like a guitar and it came with a pick and it came with these note sheets that you slid underneath of it that would walk you through how to play the song. So you just go in order and you can play the song. You don't have to know anything about music to be able to do this. Um, obviously you have to have some kind of rhythm to, you know, to make it sound good, but you basically don't have to know anything about music to master these songs. And they were all Christmas songs. It was, and, and this is the first one. And I think this might've been why they, um, gave it to me before we sang the carols, because, uh, it gave me the opportunity to play along a little bit, even though I was primarily a drummer, it was getting me into a little bit more of an understanding of the melodic side of music. And this one was Silent Night.
this is the kind of song where it's, you know, towards the end of the night and everyone's tired, but we, we don't really want to go home just yet. We don't want it to be over. And um, everyone's just kind of sitting around the fire and playing the night back in their head. You know, um, no one's really talking. We're all just kind of watching the flames and thinking and, you know, enjoying the moment together. Then you got to get up and drive your ass home. <laughs> which is, you know, by the time you go outside and you get the biting cold on your face, like I remember seriously the way we had to bundle up, um, you know, this, you put the scarf around your face, you know, you just have that little bit of room for your eyes and then you put the hood on on your jacket and it's it's got all this like really thick material, like you've, you kind of feel like you're an Eskimo even though you're nowhere near it. Um, and man, as soon as they opened the door, that biting cold Michigan air would cut right through. I don't know what it's like now. I mean, you know, now the temperatures are a lot different. The winters are a lot different than they used to be when I was growing up from the time it started snowing. That was it until, you know, late February, early March, when it might start melting off. Usually, you know, there'd still be piles of snow in places into April, but, um, you know, it's, um, it's different now because now they have winters where there's hardly a day goes by where you don't see the grass and growing up thinking about, is there even still grass under all of that? Because it would just pile up. You wouldn't see it for months. So it's, it's a lot different now, you know, the climate has changed and, you know, for whatever reason, maybe that's part the natural progression of the earth. Maybe it's part, all the things we've done to it. Who knows? I'm not a scientist. I couldn't tell you. I, I think that it's probably a little bit of both just as a sensible human being. So, uh, but that's a beautiful song. I've always loved Silent Night. It's, it's really, um, you know, I was going to save that for, for the end of the show, but I, I thought, no, I've got something that I think is a little bit more appropriate that we'll get to in just a little bit. But first, we have to visit our old friend, Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul. With a corncob pipe and a button nose and eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman is a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know that he came to life one day. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. For when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. The Frosty the Snowman was as live as he could be And the children say he could laugh and play Just the same as you and me Yeah, what is there to say about this one? I mean, this is classic, classic Christmas. Uh, really love the arrangement on here. You know, the percussion and, and the the percussion melodic instruments like the xylophone really come through a lot. I really dig it. It's a really good vocal, great performance. Um, just a, another wonderful song. And I'm pretty sure this is in the Christmas uh, movie. Um, I can't imagine that it isn't. <laughs> I don't know why it wouldn't be. But in any case, that is Silent Night, a favorite of mine from my days on the zither, the zippy zither, as it was called. And I looked on eBay and there are actually a ton of them. Uh, really cheap, too. So uh, that was a great gift. For your child or for a friend's child, especially if they're your friend's child and you don't like noise in the house, they're the perfect gift to give to someone else's household. But it is a really nice instrument. As, as a young child, you kind of feel like you can master a song, even though it just, you know, because it just walks you right through it. Uh, cool thing, though. 
Our next song up is a another favorite, of course. This is Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth the thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees oh I love that backing chorus that just adds so much to it and I love that they're not a hundred percent together you know, being in the, in the chorus uh, are not singing exactly the same, which in today's world, again, this is another thing that we, we take out that humanity in everything because it has to be perfect, you know, which to me is ruining it because it doesn't sound human anymore. Nobody gives a perfect performance like that 100% of the time. So this is really nice to hear that, you know, this is just the way it was recorded. It's very close, but it's not perfect. And they just left it that way, which I, I just adore that. Um, but a very touching song, very powerful in this version, uh, you know, just even the simplicity of the music that allows the voice to shine, um, the way that he's singing it, the blend with the, the choral section, um, absolutely just just so flawless to me. Um, and I, I mean flawless in, as the presentation of it, not flawless as in the performance, because like I said, they're not perfectly together, but I absolutely love that. In fact, I, I it makes me like it even more. What I don't understand back in, you know, it's like some of these songs were written two and 300 years ago. And what's amazing to me is like, I don't know what changed in spelling, but like, Oh, Holy Night is just the letter O, Holy Night. It's not O-H, O-H comma, it's just O. And so obviously things have changed over the years. But of course, because that's the way the song is titled, traditionally, we would keep it that way. When I've done my albums um, that use songs like that, um, I keep them, the titles traditional, except for the Haunted Holidays albums, because I had to take a lot of liberties with those to make those songs work. Uh, I think I changed that one to Oh Hellish Night. And that was the one that I did with my friend, uh, Lindsay Laux, who was uh, one of the first guests I had on this show. And uh, a very lovely, very talented author, um, her sales series is is just amazing. Um, yeah, great author. I loved working with her on that song. She wrote the story and um, I gave her like a couple different ones to pick from. And that was the one that she picked. And I love what she came up with. And then I just came up with the music behind it and uh, and did the narration for it. So great stuff. Thanks again, Lindsay. We'll have to do something together again sometime for sure. Um this next song always reminds me of the movie If You Could See What I Hear, starring Mark Singer, the 1982 classic film, which has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever, but only because the title is similar. It just reminds me of that. I have only seen that movie once when it came on cable, maybe a couple times because I think I liked it. But um, yeah, it has nothing to do with the actual song. Uh, do You Hear What I Hear?
Said the night wind to the little lamb Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? A star, a star Dancing in the night With a tail as big as a kite With a tail as big as a kite Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy I've always loved this song. Um, this has always been one of my favorites. Just the the changes in it, which, you know, most of these songs, the older ones anyway, in the original arrangements, they're all done in one key. They they don't um, vary from that at all. This one feels like it has some changes in it. It has a little bit more interesting parts in it. Uh, it isn't, I, I don't just love it because it's got that nice snare drum part in it. Um, this has actually got some some real changes in it that I really, really dig. And um, they're a little bit more dramatic, I think, than some of the other songs. But it's a great vocal. Um, I love the performance on this one. I love the production overall. I love the male and the female um, choral sections and then Bing coming in with his part. It just it just has such a beautiful atmosphere to it. And uh, again, just another one that, that takes me right back into the, the day. You know, I, I'm just picturing looking out um, the window of the, the front of the house waiting to see if uh, dad was pulling into the driveway so we could get ready to go. Not giving him any time to relax, by the way. Hey, you're home. Let's go to grandma's. Um, you know, you don't have time for uh, to take a breath or, or anything. Let's go. Um, really crazy. But um, yeah, this is another one that just takes me right back. And, and thinking too, Another thing that this reminds me of is when we would get to my grandma's house, they had a uh, a front room, which I don't know what they called it in those days, but a lot of the houses like from from like my grandparents' time, they had like a front room that was like a, a dress room, right? It was like a room that you didn't go in very often. It was it was decorated very nicely. That would be the entrance, the first impression you get of the house. That's where the piano was. It was always done up in garland and Christmas lights and. They had like two um, glass display cases with with like some nice stuff in it. It was a very um, it was it was like a parlor room, like a place that that you wouldn't you wouldn't spend a lot of time in. But that's where we did the Christmas carols because that's where the piano was. But other than playing the piano, I don't and, and like saying hello and goodbye. I don't ever remember doing anything else in that room ever. Of all the times I went to my grandparents' house, that was literally all I remember doing was that's where you go in and greet each other. That's where you say goodbye for 20 minutes because you don't really want to leave. And uh, that's where we sang Christmas carols. And that is literally it. Um, But a really nice, really nice front room, very ambient, um, very warm and inviting. But it it was like one of those like you don't touch things in this room kind of places. So this this song always reminds me like just walking into that and just like coming out of the cold into the warmth of the house. Everybody hurry up and get in so we can close the door. And, you know, the fireplace is a couple rooms away, but you can still feel the warmth coming off of it. And just with that lighting and everything, um, I, I just remember it all so vividly, the decorations on the walls and everything, the Beethoven bust on the piano, um, the the little piano light that they had. Um, 
just very, very warm and inviting. So that, for some reason, I associate this song with that. It's like one of the things, I guess, that maybe would be in my head, even if it was just one year. It has stuck with me. So that was a very nice memory. And that brings us to our next song, which is called White Christmas. Oh, that's the name of the Bing Crosby movie on Netflix. He is such a master of vibrato and singing with that that emotion and drama, even though his voice, like he doesn't seem in these songs anyway, he doesn't really have a huge range of, of, you know, in his voice, but he really knows how to use what he's got. He sings so smoothly. So it's almost creamy listening to like creamy milk chocolate, listening to him sing. And he just, he really knows how to use the vibrato subtly but just in the right places. And it's just, it, it's, he, he was a master vocalist for sure, at least with this kind of music. I don't know, like I said, I don't know what he's done outside of Christmas stuff, but this kind of stuff, definitely. Like I, I can't really hear him singing Elvis songs or, uh, you know, Little Richard or anything like that. I just, I just can't imagine it. But this stuff is, he was tailor-made for. Um, there's another member. Oh, uh, I know what I was going to talk about when he was talking about Christmas cars and man, what a chore that shit was. You get a box of cards. First of all, that is not cheap. Then you got to pay for all the stamps. That is not cheap. But sitting there and writing card after card after card, like I don't, I never understood the point of just sending somebody a card that, that was like some static message that just said, you know, Merry Christmas from our family to yours or from me to you or whatever. Like all of mine, I hand wrote with personal messages to the person that I was sending it to. Like, I just don't get the point of, hey, you're on my list. I put your address on a piece of paper and threw it in the mail. Hope you like it. Like, I just never got that. That that seems so production line to me. Um, Personalized cards. I was always all about that. And that would be the start of Christmas for me. I would go, typically I would go like right before Thanksgiving to the mall and to the Hallmark shop. And it seemed like whenever I went into the Hallmark shop, they would be playing um, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy from the Nutcracker Suite. And that, to me, was the start of Christmas. And yeah, we had to go through Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving was certainly its own special day. But that was really just kind of a conduit to say, you know, Christmas is, is coming and it's time to start preparing. We have a lot to do between now and then. And... um so that would be the thing for me was like going and getting the box of Christmas cards to fill out. And of course, you know, in the weeks before, like really starting in September, 
I just would start making a list of all the people I wanted to send a card to. And then I would go to the mall with that number. And there were a couple people like it seemed like there was always a couple like my best friends or whatever that I would get a specialized card for, like not one that was in the generic box of cards or the variety box of cards, but like I would pick out a card just for them and I would have to write their name somewhere on the envelope so that I would know, like I usually did it where the glue is or where the glue would attach to so that I knew who I bought that for when I got home. Cause you get like 10 cards for specific people. By the time you get home, you don't remember which one was for which and you don't want to mess it up because when you chose it, you chose it for a reason. So I would bring a pen with me and I would just write their name on the inside of the envelope where the glue went and they would never see it because, you know, that's where the glue is. So that was how uh, Christmas would always start for me is by that Hallmark store. And I don't remember when the last year was that I sent Christmas cards. Um, there's now what I just do is I like I have a list and I'll, I'll email or Facebook message or text certain people or whatever. Uh, but I, you know, I know so many people now that I could spend the entire day doing that and then miss out on the day myself. And, uh, you know, it, it's weird. Cause like the later in the day it goes, it gets weirder to get a Merry Christmas message. If it's like two in the afternoon, like that should be a morning thing. But then in the morning is when you're with your family opening gifts or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's just kind of a weird thing nowadays to me, um, as an adult, as opposed to when I was a kid and had no responsibility to anything. You want to be respectful of people's time. You want to show them that you care. But like, when do you even send that message? So now I just typically just do all that on Christmas Eve. Um, and I've really scaled back like how much I do every year. It's it's really, really dwindled now. But uh, in any case, that's that's kind of what that song reminded me of just when he was talking about the Christmas cards. So that brings us to our final song that uh, we'll, we'll dig into a little bit this year. This is really the... Um, the camaraderie song, you know, the song that actually it it does leave me with a little bit of sadness because things change. You know, you you grow close to some people, you grow apart from other people, people come in and out of your lives. And, you know, when you're a kid, you think the the friends that you have when you're growing up are the friends that you're going to have forever. You know, these are the people that are always going to be in my life. We're always going to interact. And we're going to have like reunions every year if we ever move away, but none of us are because we're all going to stay in the same city and we're all going to always hang out every, every, you know, every season. And we're never going to let family get in the way, all that bullshit that, that you think as a kid. And this is kind of one of those, almost like, you know, kind of for me anyway, kind of like facing your mortality a little bit going, things do change and we do get older and we don't have the same life that we had as children. And so it's it's kind of a, like a happy and warm, loving song. But at the same time, it has that that element of a little bit of sadness because we don't have that that we pictured we would when we were kids. But what the hell did we know? We were kids. <laughs> you know, there's no way we understood even what being a kid was all about, let alone what our lives would be like as adults. But I do find it like the the real perfect song to end this on. And it is, of course, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. yourself a merry little Christmas Let yourself be light From now on our troubles will be out of sight 
Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on our troubles will be miles away Here we are as in olden days Happy golden days of yours You know, interestingly, I say that this is a great song to end it on, and it really feels like this like this sort of camaraderie in the song is like everybody, you know, arm in arm, swinging back and forth, singing together, and it's really kind of the end of the party. You know, like, hey, we'll always be together, we'll always do this, have a great Christmas, everybody, good night, has, you know, that kind of feel to me, and yet... On the Christmas classic CD, they put this song as number two, which again, just goes to show the beauty of music. It all fits in differently for different people. Uh, Or they could have just said, I don't know, just put them in whatever order. (laughs) Who knows what went behind that decision? Um, So that is our show for this episode. Of course, on Christmas Day, I do every year rerun my uh, walkthrough of Christmas, uh, my Christmas album, Mental Sauna 3 Christmas Inflections, which is my new age take on Christmas classics. Um, A little bit different from my Haunted Holiday series. This is kind of the yin to that yang. But uh, yeah, so I run that every Christmas. So that will be playing. It'll be available at 1 a.m. Pacific time and just available after that. And if you're in in a bigger uh, rush to hear it, you can listen to last year's episode. That's still there. Um, Or you can just listen to the album. I have the links to my band camp in the show notes. And um, there's there's some Christmas songs there. There is my version of We Three Kings that I did with a couple of friends of mine. And um, there is my version of Ole Lang Syne, which I did in the mental sauna Christmas uh, inflections feel. Uh, but that came out as a single a-, a couple years after that album. So there is some stuff. And then, of course, there's the Haunted Holiday series and all that. So uh, check out the link in the show notes to my Bandcamp page if you want to hear some of the Christmas music that I've done. Uh, I had the intention of doing one more this year as I record this. It is not yet done. Um, maybe it'll be done by the time this comes out. I don't know. We'll see. If not, I'll do it next year. No problem. There, There's always another Christmas. So thank you guys very much for joining me. I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday, whatever you celebrate. Um, you know, and I'm not a religious person. I just love the Christmas season. I love the feel of it. I love the decorations. I love the atmosphere. It's something that was, you know, part of my childhood. So it has that value to me. I even started putting up a Christmas tree a couple years ago. I told that story last year um, and and I still do. It's got purple bulbs or purple. Um, I have purple ornaments. Uh, it has blue bulbs and it's a white tree, which I absolutely love. It, it really creates a different atmosphere in the house. Um, but I remember going and chopping down a couple years uh, when I was really young, going with my dad and chopping down like an actual Christmas tree and bringing it home, doing the whole traditional thing. And, um, you know, it's all different now. And that's OK, because it's not about reliving the past. It's looking back fondly on those good times and memories and creating new memories. So I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday, whatever you're doing, whatever you're celebrating. Just be safe, be considerate, take care of people and enjoy. I'll be home happily uh, locked in the studio, ignoring the rest of the world. So you guys enjoy. And I think I will leave you with this. Cheers. 